Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Lane Violation Podcast, where we might just cross some lines. My name is Greg Mello, and we have hit the crown jewel of the NBA season. The playoffs first round is coming right along here, and we're going to get into our Eastern Conference preview. But first, let me introduce to you who I've got alongside me today, not with my usual pair of Dre and Louie. This week, I've got Seth coming back in for the third time on the show. Welcome back to me. I'm excited to be here. Out with the old and with the new, or newish with me. Excited to be back. And uh, making his first appearance on the Lane Violation podcast, the prodigal son of Chicago, Andrew Donlin. What's going on, man? Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. We're going to be talking a, a little bit of some NBA headlines, but then we're going to just dive into some basketball, some some first-round matchups around the Eastern Conference. It'll be a fun time. So let's kick things off, gentlemen. A couple days ago, uh, Tuesday night, NBA Twitter broke for one of the multiple times it has this season when Magic Johnson, former president of basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers, had an impromptu uh, press conference where he stepped down uh, from his position, and this was done without telling anyone else in the organization. Uh, Jeannie Buss did not know. LeBron James did not know. Uh, and it just sort of threw a spin on things on a kind of, you know, second to last day of the regular season. Um, guys, general thoughts, uh, takes. Um, <laughs> Magic's gone. Uh, this move, hiring Magic to run this, was doomed to fail from the start. Um, you know, NBA superstar, someone like Magic, who is literally a brand by himself, who lives a billionaire lifestyle, probably didn't realize the commitment that goes into succeeding in a position like this, especially in the limelight of L.A. with LeBron. Yes, he got LeBron, but, you know, a lot of the other moves have not worked out. And he probably just came to the realization, like, wow, I can not have to work, not have to do this, and still be like a Laker legend, come whenever he wants, and do what he can to help the team in other capacities without running the show. When you think about it, when's the last time Magic Johnson has even been criticized in any capacity over the last, like, what, well, couple decades? Rarely. This is the first time people are saying, okay, you're doing a horrible job. And I assume that's got to be a big hit to his ego, just in terms of everything's kind of worked out for him since he retired. And during his NBA career, everything pretty much worked out for him as well. So... NBA GMs need to be, and, and just any executives uh, in general, need to be weary, weary of the fact that they're going to get harsh criticism, sometimes even unfair, and they need to just uh, translate that energy into back into the team and, and have a larger commitment going forward, which to, I think that's the reason why Magic was like, okay, as, I'm cutting as it. As crazy as it sounds to succeed in a role like this, he probably, in terms of a time commitment, needed to commit as much time as he did as when he was a player training and practicing. If not more. If not more. Because I, I think most NBA executives are obsessive about their jobs, yeah. and Magic is just not even close to that. Yeah, and I think that Magic Johnson thought that this was going to be easy. I mean, he is showtime. He is probably one of the faces, if not the face, of the Lakers organization for for, for the entire franchise. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he thought he was going to come in, you know, 
get Paul George in free agency pretty easily, get LeBron James in free agency, which they at least succeeded on that front, and then probably go into this offseason and, you know, try and get a Kawhi or swing a trade for AD. And just going through the last two seasons, especially this year with the you know, with the flux of AD uh, throwing a wrench into things in the middle of the season, the way that the team just did not respond down the stretch and how they missed the playoffs, I think that Magic Johnson just looked at everything and was like, this is not easy. And But it, it makes sense why he would think that it was going to be easy. Of course. Because everything course. has been easy for him. He's a billionaire. Every single bit, all of his major business ventures have worked out. Uh, he was an incredible basketball player. Um, but... As Seth and I were kind of talking about before the show, he could have been in some role with the Lakers and also gotten LeBron James. He didn't need to be running the entire show. He could for have his, been a special advisor. For his influence to have gotten yeah. LeBron like James Jerry to West LA. for the Clippers. Right, yeah. exactly. He didn't need to be the head man in charge to get take LeBron out to di- dinner and be like, hey, this is a great place to be for business. And, and you know, even though he resigned, he very well could still be doing that in the future. Oh, right. yeah, absolutely. Just because... Like we've said, he is he is the Lakers. I don't know if you guys have seen that they someone did like a mashup of a Jerry West interview with Stephen A. Smith, uh, talking about being an NBA executive, and then a Magic Johnson interview uh, with like Chauncey Billups during summer league, mm-hmm. and just how they approached the interviews. And Magic is saying basically like, you know, I watched all of the playoff games last year. Like first of all, I hope you did. You're an NBA executive. I hope you watched all the playoff games. Yeah. And he's like. We need to be tough. That's what I noticed. All the best teams are tough. Like, like, okay. No offense to Magic, I could have said these things. Yeah. What like, is? What does that mean? Like, yeah. And then, and then you, maybe Lance Stevenson's tough. He's also a terrible basketball player. So, yeah. um, and then Jerry West, on the other hand, is like shows no hubris whatsoever when he's talking. He's very adapted to the game, which says a lot about Jerry West, considering how long ago he played, and he understands the three-point revolution and what he needs to get better at moving forward. Um, and you can see why the Clippers wanted him so much. And it's just such a strange situation that the Clippers really are the stable franchise in Los Angeles 100%. Now. And the Lakers are in no better position now outside of having LeBron, which is great, but it's not LeBron five years ago. It's an aging LeBron where they haven't drafted well. Outside of LeBron, they've made some weird free agency signings. And... They may not be attractive, but like this draft coming up, they're going to have a lottery pick, and they need to hit a home run. They've missed on a lot of picks, and their best pick, obviously a change of scenery held, was D'Angelo Russell, who's an all-star now at 24 years old, the young star. So they've struggled drafting, and they're at a point right now that if they don't start making some more successful moves, that they're digging themselves into a bigger and bigger hole. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting to look at how everyone was expecting Luke Walton to be fired at the end of this season. And this sudden uh, resignation from Magic kind of puts things in the air a little bit, in my opinion. Um, I think it gives the opportunity for Jeannie Buss to go out and get a more competent president of basketball operations to work with Rob Palenka, who is a little bit more uh, experienced in this industry already, yeah. not Magic Johnson. Rob Plinka is agent guy first, so a little bit of a different aspect and, and, to everything. And a Michigan alum, not a big deal. <laughs> so, you know, you, you go out and you're able to do some interviews with these assistant GMs that are, you know, coming up the ranks, and maybe this is the enticing spot, which it should be, because, again, you have LeBron James, you're in L.A., 
this is a star market. Uh, so but why not the Clippers? Why not the Clippers is a good conversation. They've got some the, great young for talent. Sure. This is really the first time I can remember where like the Lakers always had that. Yeah, the Clippers might be better than us right now, but free agents will come yeah. to the Lakers or the Clippers. Yeah. Now I think the Clippers might have a slight upper hand in some people's minds in terms of like the free agents that are. Well, they also have the culture because because of this coaching situation that might not be as in flux because Jeannie Buss has seemed to say Luke is her guy, um, but but we don't know if that's going to be the sure thing moving forward. The Clippers have Doc Rivers, who's a Coach of the Year candidate. You have. All the guys in the front office, Lawrence Frank, uh, Jerry West, uh, a couple of the other guys um, that my my na- the names are slipping right now, but playoff team that you didn't expect that coming from the midseason trade deadline of giving away potentially your best player, Tobias Harris, and you're still coming together behind Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, uh, a young guy in Shamit, Shea Gildas Alexander having a great rookie season. They're on the rise. So it makes sense both from a, you know, a geographic perspective and a town perspective and a money perspective because they have two, I believe, uh, max spot uh, spots for free agents that it's all coming together at one time. So the Lakers don't have those other things going. Yeah, and I want to go back a little bit to the Luke Walton thing. I think that's not salvageable because from everything you read uh, um, in terms of like the reports out of the Lakers camp is that LeBron doesn't respect Luke Walton necessarily. When has that ever worked out after the fact? After... People know that LeBron doesn't like his the guy coaching. When has that ever worked out? Like Blatt, they kept him around for another half season, and then they fired him in the middle of the season and replaced him with Ty Lue. Like, eventually that's going to figure itself out where LeBron will get his way and probably should get his way. If he's not comfortable with the head coach, then then why invest all the, um, you know that, that money in him? Because he's not going to be at his best, and he's going to kind of be, uh, you know, at, as we've seen from LeBron, kind of checked out. So I think you need to get a competent person to run the whole thing, and then you also need to do it with Luke Walton, even though I think Luke Walton's a good coach. All right, the Lakers' turmoil is very interesting. They finished eight games under five let Let's move on. Got more than enough time yeah, on here. absolutely. Let's, let's go. All right, so... We could talk about this for hours, but we don't need to. <laughs> so next up, moving from the second to last night of the season to the last night, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, last night's on their respective teams, on their respective courts, in those respective uniforms. Uh, Dwayne Wade comes out with a triple-double in front of the Banana Boat crew who were all there to watch him succeed um, and, and, and really show out in his farewell night. Dirk Nowitzki had a, a decent night as well, double-double, of course. Uh, you know, I think there's so many takes that you can have of these guys. Obviously, first ballot Hall of Famers, um, but I just want to take, like, two minutes tops, you know, just favorite memories of those guys or what kind of impact that you think that they had on the game or you just watched them growing up that you remember just like, man, I really like or dislike that guy. I think that Dirk is sort of like a super nostalgic figure for me because he kind of represented a time in the NBA that I thought was a great like time in the NBA. Like 2011, I think that 2011 year was like the best NBA year where like it was the Heat, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, their first year. And then kind of the Mavericks were like the antidote to that. And it was just one of those years where you went into the playoffs and you didn't know who was going to win the NBA Finals. And obviously we haven't had that in a long time. And that's one of the best finals runs from a player I've ever seen. And also, you remember him on the other side of that in 2007 when they lost to the Warriors, which was also another era of the NBA where you could even conceive that an eight seed would be the one seed. So um, for me, both those players 
uh, like you said, like all-time players. I don't need to talk about anymore about how good of players they were, but they they represented a time in the NBA where I'm kind of nostalgic about. Mm. I think going off a little bit of what he said, you know, Dirk has always been viewed as one of the best players in the NBA, but the year they won the championship in 2011 and his performance in that series just took him to another level. Yeah, and I absolutely. think he finally got the respect, not not necessarily that he wasn't respected, but he, he got the acclaim and prestige that he always deserved and was able to beat the super team. Most people in America and around the world were rooting for the Mavs because you know, it was the first super team. People didn't like that LeBron, Bosh, and Wade all played together. Whatever, they beat him. That was an unbelievable series and one of probably Dirk's best achievements in his career. Aside from that, Dwayne Wade, I've never met him personally, but you never hear anyone talk about anything negative about him, really. like He's got to be one of the most likable players in the history of the league, at least from what I've been watching. So, I mean, him just always... And the thing that really stood out to me is when they did have that super team, he did... He he deserved as much money as everyone else, but he, you know, sacrificed a little bit to bring these guys together, and obviously they won a couple of rings. And he never really got that money back. Well, Chicago gave him a lot of money, yeah, but, that was but LeBron kind of, like... Ended up messing him up when yeah. he went back to Cleveland. So uh, exactly, never got his Miami money. Because then they signed Bosch and yeah. yeah. The last thing I'll say about uh, Nowitzki is that um, people don't realize that that experiment almost failed, and he was awful his rookie year and extremely homesick and wanted to go, you know, back to Germany. If that had happened, which it was very close to happening, how much how. The progress that's been made with the international players, influence. Yeah, that doesn't happen without Dirk. And like yeah. now you see Luka Doncic and all. I mean, international players are a stable of the league. I don't think that happens without Dirk's prevailing over that. Yeah, and 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 also just kind of looking the way the two shape their game. Obviously, Dirk's influence is a stretch four um, as, as a point forward handling the ball. Again, that's the European style of play, but coming over just the way that that now has moved forward. And then you look at Dwayne Wade. I remember watching. Uh, as a Philly sports fan, going from AI, who's a little bit of a different player in that he's really shifty, but he lives in the mid-range. He's just, you know, going, going all the time. And Dwayne Wade had this, obviously, nickname Flash, but he had this dynamis, uh, dynamicism about him, you know, the way that he was really, you know, hammering over these 6'8 guys, 6'10 guys, handling the ball for his team, really captaining this young Miami team that really, at at, at the point before Dwayne Wade, at, at, because now he is basically Miami Heat, the only Heat player you could probably think of is Alonzo Mourning with, yeah. with that kind of that kind of cachet about them. And I think having Dwayne Wade come there and doing everything that he did was just incredible. Um, and I will say, uh, hands down, Dwayne Wade, probably the best uh, NBA Live 06 uh, player. Uh, if you were yeah, going to play that game, yeah. just saying, yeah. you know, Got to got to roll that back. I actually sure. think the last thing about Wade is I think there was a time in where he was the best player, or at least one B, um, in the NBA, which is saying a lot given all yeah. the talent that was in the league when he was in his prime. Yeah, you you look at the the numbers in his in like his actual prime were very on track to rival Kobe Bryant's when yeah. he was the star in the yeah. league. So like for sure. All right, guys, let's do just a couple of last quick hitters before we go into the Eastern Conference playoffs. We just have coaching carousel has been going, going, going. Uh, earlier today, uh, the Kings fire uh, Dave Yeager. Uh, Memphis let 
Bickerstaff go. The Cavs and Larry Drew have parted ways. And the Bulls have thrown everyone a slight curveball, and they extended Jim Boylan for three years. Uh, so he will be there to stay and captain the new era of Bulls fandom. But, guys, just uh, any quick thoughts on any any of these uh, firings or the extension before we move on? Um for the first time in a long time, the Kings were a somewhat respectable team. They finished ninth, right? Right yeah. outside the playoffs. Obviously, they finished a couple games out, but they hovered around 500 most of the season, which is something they haven't done in a while. And to fire Jaeger, I mean, it doesn't really make sense to me just because you It's a little bit of a gamble. It's a, it's a huge gamble. I mean, you it's hard to judge the decision because we don't know who they'll, they'll replace him with. But I think that they definitely took huge steps forward this season into – hopefully becoming a playoff team going forward, and I don't know if I agree with their decision. Just on the Boylan note, I think that he's being extended or potentially extended, I'm not sure if it's official, because he has a really good relationship with the front office, and that is exactly the problem that we were talking about earlier with Magic Johnson and how there's a loyalty between him and Jeannie Buss, and that never gets you to the right places by just you know blind loyalty. All right, let's uh, let's let's get into the thing that we actually wanted to talk about today, which is the playoffs, Eastern Conference. Uh, we're starting this Saturday with the playoffs to kick off everything. It is the Sixers and the Nets at two thirty um, Eastern time, and that will definitely be fun just to have all this basketball going throughout the week, um, and we'll be able to stagger everything so you won't be able to you won't have to miss anything. Um, but I, I kind of layered this out in terms of uh, series interest level, I think, for the casual fan. So we're going to start actually with the 1-8 matchup, Bucks and Pistons. Um, and, you know, guys, obviously we're going to have the, uh, the headlines of Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, MVP candidate, uh, you know, uh, up against James Harden. And we're going to have the Pistons with the kind of – I guess redemption story, you know, Dwayne Casey, coach of the year last year, uh, ends up having to go to Detroit where you have Blake Griffin who gets his first full season on the team and really carries them to a playoff berth. Um, But when you kind of put them up against each other, uh, let's just kind of break it down. Uh, Andrew, first, what are are your thoughts about this matchup? Are you interested? Anything that pops out at you? No, I think this is probably the worst out of the playoff series. I think Milwaukee's going to win in four games. If you've watched the Pistons, this is why I've given Blake Griffin so much credit. They're so void of talent. The fact that they're even in the playoffs is pretty impressive. Uh, but having said that, the Bucs are a far superior team, and there's no chance that the Pistons have, I feel confident saying they have no chance. Yeah, just to double down on what he just said, <laughs> it's incredible how Detroit, given multiple all-stars on the roster, Drummond has made a couple Blake Griffin's obviously a good player. How lack of depth they have outside of that, and it's a, it just goes to show how poorly they've drafted over the years, and that Stanley Johnson didn't work out, Henry Ellinson didn't work out, all these guys they drafted in the lottery. Luke Kennard has been... I mean, he's balling. He's been balling, but it's, it's like, that's the thing. It's like, you got to hit on a couple picks, and the move to get Blake Griffin, which he's... You can make an argument one of the best players in the East this season overall, even though the record isn't great. Um, just shows that you make a move like that when the picks you've made 
don't pan out. But like Andrew said, I mean, maybe they'll steal a game, but this is Milwaukee series. And I'd like to welcome to the show uh, Louis Ricard, who I thought was going to be out today, but I, I guess you I got apologize. your stuff done. No, may, you're good, I man. You're to, good. I may have to leave again, oh, okay. but I will be here to talk about my Pistons for a little bit. Okay, of course. Um, they're not going to get swept. They're okay. not going to get swept. If Blake Griffin stays healthy, he will not go down with at least one game to show for. But will he stay healthy because he's Probably been dealing not. with a knee injury the past yeah. couple of games? And, that's, um, and it looks like it's severe, but he, he wants to go, which I, I... That's the thing with, with BG and, like, Andrew Donald said, like, he, it's just incredible, like, the way he's been playing this season and how crappy the Pistons have been playing. Like, I, to me, they're two different... You know, he's his own team, and the Pistons are almost working against him at this point because he's done so much for this club with just, like, like even, what, less than a year it's a shame uh, being he's there. Stuck there. Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, exactly. He did not get lucky, and he's making the absolute most of it. He's having, arguably, like, MVP numbers if we're, ta- if we're not, like, if we don't have the, the crazy race that we're seeing this year. Like, he could be in the top. He's easily in the top 10 players in the league, in my he, opinion. He's, he's all NBA. Yeah, he's probably thirteen. But yeah, how many do you have the points he's averaging by any chance? I think if not, Norris. I think he's like 20, think, 27 or twenty eight yeah. and like six he's and a, four. He's yeah, twenty four point five, seven point five, and five point five, uh, five point four. And he can stretch the floor now. Like, can shoot from three. He can shoot from three. And he's, he's, just, he's made the most three pointers of any big man in the league. Exactly. That's Brooke Imagine Lopez. Imagine him Take surrounded notes. by good. Exactly. Uh, it will also. I will also say that it does. Like it does say something about Dwayne Casey's ability to take a bunch of dudes yeah. somewhere I mean, other than Dr- just the pit. Dr- Drummond as a center is good. Fifteen averaging fifteen rebounds. Yeah, this he's, he's, solid. Act, he's actually pulling up. He's played pretty he's, well. He's recently. a good player, but he's not a center that we team, need in this modern league right now. You know, Detroit is probably not a sought after free agent destination, nope. and. You know, sneaking into the playoffs hurts your draft positioning, and it's a team that hasn't drafted well in the past, and it kind of seems like they're stuck in no man's land. Oh, they, they do have like, a star in, 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 I was about to say Simmons, in Griffin, but other than that, like, what does this team look like moving forward? My friend and I were just talking about it. There's not much hope um, for any Detroit sport, to be honest with you. Uh, the Red Wings might make sometime, like, eventually something happening. The Pistons and the Tigers, I don't know about them, but... I'm just happy that they're making the playoffs. They're back in the playoffs. They have at least something to show for it. But Milwaukee's taking it 4-1 in my opinion, and that's it. Uh, uh, I'll I'll throw a couple last numbers at you for the series. Um, So the (laughs) Milwaukee Bucks give up the uh, most attempted threes of any team in the league. That's where they will let you go to town at shooting threes. Unfortunately, the Detroit Pistons are in the bottom third of the league in three-point field goal percentage. Uh, Additionally, Giannis Antetokounmpo was the player... Will average 40 points a game. He was the player in the league that forced the most turnovers for Blake Griffin of any other defensive matchup this season. Um, And the... Bucks swept the season series four to nothing. I was about to ask. To um, with the it's a night. It's a nightmarish matchup for every single position for Detroit. They but cannot. It's exciting defend. that they got in. So enjoy a couple yeah, more yeah, games. Yeah. So and so just go going around real quick. Do we think this goes chalk four zero or what? Do you, you don't. I'm, I'm so. giving a four to one, and I'm saying Giannis will probably average like thirty three points a game. Seth, I'm gonna go four one too. I think it's gonna be four nothing. I, I also think four nothing. <laughs> Uh, Everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion. That's There's very no true. That's very true. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, we're gonna go two seven matchup here. Raptors and the Magic, another team Sweet. kind of uh, 
in in no man's land, but a little bit of a brighter future. Oh, I no, think. no way, doubt way they have way more talent than Detroit does. Yeah. So Except let's, it's let's get some especially teams. young talent. It's first of all, they've been they've had one of the best records since Markel Fultz was traded there. Coincidence? I think not. He's doing something for them. Shout out Drew Corrigan for that step. <laughs> Taking a role as a leader. Um, no, but they've first of all they've shown a lot of uh, of promises like this season, and and Gordon is being very underrated for for what he's doing, and Vucevic as well. Vucevic, you know, he got his All Star nod for the first time, and people were like, "What is he doing?" If you haven't watched the Magic. He's doing a lot more than you think, and he's doing it really well on a constant, on a constant basis. And I really like what they're doing right now. However, bad luck for them. The Raptors are way too good for them, and that's why I take the sweep. I think the sweeps. Happening. This is just the nature of the East. It's extremely top heavy. Yeah, like the Magic finished around maybe at five hundred, might have been under. I think just a tad below. Exactly, and they made the playoffs. It just shows how bad the East is. Realistically. These games should be the top, or these series, the top four seeds should win. I think Clippers have over forty wins, and like they're the ace. They're like forty-seven wins in the West. Yeah, yeah the Magic were actually over five hundred. They were forty-two oh, and forty. Sorry. They, 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 like you said, the exactly last 25, 30 games they were solid. They, they went twenty-two and nine. I think yeah. the last thirty-one games. But you know, like we said, it's just an awful matchup. It really they, is. They didn't get lucky. They don't. It's just the nature also, of the. It's just the nature of the East, though. Like. The lower seeds in the East are rarely like I don't have a chance. I think if the Magic were to have played the 76ers, that actually it would, it would have been a tougher it matchup. Been a t- it would have been like a six-game series. Yes, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. See, my problem is you have to take into account that what Siakam brings to the Raptors, and yeah. I don't think anyone can defend him no. on the on the Magic. I think if you look, I mean, battle of the center. I, I don't think Marcus All has yeah. a lot on Vucevic. I think that Vucevic can kind of control him defensively. Offensively, Vucevic is less versatile than Gasol, but if you look at the guards, Lauren and Leonard, you can't you can't defend that if you're the, I, if you're the I Magic. will say just a word on like seven and eight seeds. I despise the seven and eight seeds that are like kind of like the Pistons. Like yeah. they Barely just snuck it. in. They're not a good team. Yeah. There's no real promise. Orlando Magic haven't been in the playoffs in a long time, and they pulled together. No, they had a nice second half of the year. Young talent and Steve Clifford did a good job. Like I like to see them in the playoffs. So would you rather have the Hornets? No, I would would rather Orlando. Deserve to be the Hornets. So would you? So you do. You the just Hornets don't are, like the, the Pistons. Like, he'd like to see ace. the Bulls in the playoffs. No, no, no. no. So the Hornets are Kemba and then no one else. So it's, it's like it seems like consensus is an awful matchup, but it's exciting for Orlando to get back. They do have a lot to look forward Something to moving for. forward, and to get a little bit of playoff experience for these younger players will be exciting. Who knows if Mark Holfeltz will ever play or ever contribute? One but, can help. One you can know. Help. If if he turns into a, a fraction of the player he was hoped to be, I mean that's another exciting piece for this team moving forward. Now the Magic did split the season series with the Raptors. Um, Orlando is also the eighth best defensive rating uh, team. So that Steve Clifford's identity, you can really see that on the team with Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, all those young guys buying in. Um, and I think that you know looking at the way that Vucevic has played this year. Um, really gets you, you know, slightly excited in that he can probably go up against Mark Gasol, um, the the Raptors trade acquisition at the deadline. However, uh, going against them is the fact that the Magic have <laughs> have only had to face Kawhi Leonard and Mark Gasol at the same time once in, in those uh, four contests, and that time they got run up by double digits. Um, so 
you know, if if we do see that the Raptors, which they have lately been gelling a lot, um, and and they're getting back into form, Nick Nurse's rotations seem to be uh, pretty effective now. Um, this might be nothing more than a tune-up for the Raptors. Um, you know, Terrence Ross probably has at least one night in him that he goes off and, and he drops 35 on the Raptors, and maybe that's your one win. Um, but, I, I, again, I don't think of it as the close series that you would have won, and I agree that probably if the Magic had been up against the Sixers, it would have been a little bit more so you, competitive. You have the Magic winning one game? Yeah, I do think I do, it goes 4-1. That's my sweep I, right I there. I think it's 4-1. I think the Magic take a home game. I think it's a sweep. I'd love to. I'd love for them to take a home game because I think Orlando crowd will go wild no matter what. But and like, I'll go to Disney World. <laughs> anyways, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, it's, it's funny how the picks reversed again. Huh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. All right. Well, we've been chugging along. So let's uh, move on to the three-six matchup that I'm pumped for: the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and this uh, season series was also split two-two. Very. Uh, but we have a lot of. You know, qualifiers for that, obviously. Put a the lot Sixers, of roster movement. Yeah, the, the Sixers uh, have <laughs> had a franchise record 26 different players rostered on their team this God. year. Um, <laughs> they made two major trades like this season. GM one for show. Jimmy Butler and one for Tobias Harris at the trade deadline. So the Nets have only faced the complete uh, starting five once of the of the four matchups. And in that one contest, Joel yeah. Embiid went off and they won by double digits. Yeah. Um, but let's just talk... Matchups, general thoughts and takes. Uh, Andrew, go ahead. I think this is the best matchup in the Eastern Conference uh, for the first round by far. Um, I I don't know if the 76ers totally understand. Like, they don't have the identity that the Raptors, the Bucks do yet. Um, and especially the fact that I feel like it, it feels so long ago that the 76ers traded for Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, but it's really been... They've been together for Three, four months. like how many games? That that five man that f- yeah. is is only played for ten games. Right, they're eight, eight and two, two in that yeah. ten games. Right, right. But even then, like you, you have to go into the playoffs. Consider that that they're very inexperienced together. I think that they're better than that, and I think they're going to win the series. Uh, having said that, also something to note: Brooklyn, while they don't have great fans during the regular season, go their playoff hard. atmosphere is pretty. Is pretty uh, legit. They go hard. So I think that this game is more, or this series is more likely to go six. Four to two? Yeah, four to two Sixers. As opposed to. I realized that as soon as I asked the question. Uh, Five to, to one. Our, to, our, to our listeners, I'm sorry. And uh, all three of you, I'm sorry. No, I, I agree. This is an exciting matchup. I am a supporter of the Philadelphia 76ers. Really? I do see a lot of potential in this team, but I also see a lot of question marks. Number one, like you've said, they haven't played a lot together. There isn't that continuity with this new lineup. Yes, they've had success, but their success uh, is completely reliant on Joel Embiid. This is a different team if he's not on the floor. He's their defensive anchor. He gets to the free throw line. He can stretch the floor. Everything that he brings to the table is so important to the Sixers that if they're going to beat the Nets, let's be real. They're a more talented team, but moving forward, that's a question mark. They're optimistic. He's fine. He's sat most of the uh, second half of the season. Um, additionally, the bench is almost non-existent, which is a huge red flag. Um, you know, our, they traded away Landry Shaman, who was probably their best you know, spark off the bench. That's something definitely to keep an eye on. Fortunately, they won't be playing back-to-backs. Guys will be well-rested, so they only really need an eight, 
man rotation, maybe? Nine? I mean, ideally, you'd, you'd like to be deeper, but that's just not the nature of this team. But one through five, they're as talented with their top five players on the court as any roster in the league. So there's a lot to be excited about. Who knows how it's going to come together, but the matchup with the Nets is exciting, and it's similar to everything I've been saying about the other teams. They have a lot of really young talent. Uh, it's not an excited-to-be-here situation per se, but they're fortunate to be in the position they are given the trade with Boston where they could have been picking in the top five the last couple of years and didn't have that opportunity. Their move for D'Angelo Russell was huge. He's turned into a star. They have some young players in Jared Allen and Karis LeVert who are good. Joe Harris is a threat from three. And then they have some you know veteran, veteran pieces that – are contributors. So I do think it goes five or six games, and I, I do think the Sixers will win, but it's an exciting matchup for a casual NBA fan to see these two teams going at it. I think there are a couple of X factors. So Seth is entirely right. It's For Philly, it's all going to be Embiid, yeah. but 10% of it is also going to be Butler. Uh, in yeah. my opinion, he's the one who's like... I'm hoping his effort level goes up a little bit in the playoffs because you don't know what you're getting night in, night That's exactly. Him. But that's exactly... I I do think that he's not getting any younger. He does want to do something eventually to leave some mark on his legacy. And if there's any team he can do that with, it's the Sixers. Right here, right now. This year, exactly. Um, however, on the other side, I think it's D'Angelo Russell's year, and I think he will want to show that it wasn't just the regular season. I think he's going to really try to go off. What I'm scared of is that there could be a backlash of him trying too hard and therefore kind of stumbling and, and, and Trying to play hero a ball. Bit. Yeah. Exactly. So that's I'm a little afraid of that, but I don't think that'll happen. I think the Brooklyn Nets have a, a, a good culture going around them, and they yeah. have a really good team atmosphere. Compared to the Sixers, I think that's the also really— yeah. um, It's the continuity thing that's a yeah. huge red flag. They haven't played a ton together. Exactly. But then also if you look at the matchups, I mean— when you have Kruks as your starting, you know, small forward, you know, against Jimmy Buckets or against Tobias, or Tobias, yeah, it's not. Their five is as talented as anyone. It's just, it's it's, it's tough can, for the Nets. Um, put it together and get this thing rolling. I think I think six games is, is a pretty good yeah. is a pretty good guess on what's going to happen. I do think that um, if D'Lo and Allen really come out and play. I think Jared Allen like can be a really, really good and strong force in the paint defensively. And I think that if he can minimize Embiid's impact to some level, I think we we're talking to uh, of a completely, completely entire, entirely different series. I'm sorry. So uh, excited to see. I'm very excited about this matchup. Greg, what do you think? Bunch of different, bunch of different layers to this. Um, so I, I'm gonna say right out. I think this is a five game series, point blank. As long as the five, at, it's it's five point blank. The only question I have is Embiid's knee because could you, it seems. Could you see them, given that they're they have more talent? You think they could they could rest him? You th- like there's no rush to get him back. No, I, they should, I, even without him, they should win this series. Should go with the first. I, not, that, at least not that that's him. what you want. I think. That if they deploy Ben Simmons as a small ball five, yeah. then I think that's the route to go if you're going to do that. Yeah. And I think that Simmons can play against Ed Davis, against Jared Allen yeah. in the paint like that. So I think that if they decide to utilize small ball five Ben Simmons and you get more minutes for insert backup guard that we don't really know, hopefully Zaire Smith, I was my say, boy. You think Zaire um, Smith gets minutes in the playoffs? Yeah, I would love Zaire Smith to get, you know, 25-plus minutes a game in the playoffs, meaningful awesome. minutes. He's probably their best perimeter defender already. And Put up 17 only, last night, not a big deal. He's only played in, like, five, six games. Um, so, but, but 
he has the makings of, I think of an all defensive team kind of player already. Um, you, can, did you can just that. see he it. He did tweet that. You he can follow playoff mellow. And the Sixers, luckily, I think hit I on that. Tweeted actually. I think they hit on that pick. And um, yeah, it's ex- exciting. I think he is going to be a difference maker in the playoffs. I, something non, that they des- fan, what desperately really needed all season is his so, presence. I think the issue here is we all agree that the Sixers are going to win the series, but let's say Toronto sweeps that other series, and then you know whatever year two lacks with the Nats and mm-hmm. this game ends up going six, God forbid, seven. You don't want that going to the next series. No, Toronto's, oh, no. No, I Toronto's think one of those teams that benefits most from they're rust all about before resting. their next. And the Sixers have struggled mightily with Toronto. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think that the benefits here that now they are in the playoff series and they can shorten their rotation. In addition, they have built-in rest days and exactly. travel days in a seven-game series, and that is only going to help Embiid, Butler, who has a lot of minutes logged on him. Yeah. Simmons played like 80 games, I believe, in the entire season. And Tobias Harris almost played 83 before yeah. resting the last game. So the more time that you can get these guys take away a few minutes here and there, it's going to help them. And in this series, although I do worry a little bit about D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Karis LeVert to go off because they're pretty shifty guards, uh, and we don't really have that perimeter guy aside from if Butler is locked in. Um, Simmons can defend some guards, but shiftier ones do still give him yeah. trouble. And Zaire Smith is green, so I, as much as I hope that he can, it'd be I think kind of disrespectful to be like, hey, go guard D'Angelo Russell, who's an all-star right out of the gate. Um, it's going to be, I think, really how much MB dominates Jarrett Allen and yeah. the low post. And I think he can because he in the one in the one And they can definitely get him into foul trouble. Yeah, in the in and the one the matchup where they had that starting five out there, Joel Embiid had a thirty nine point thirteen rebound six assist game is in twenty eight minutes. Is that okay. good? That's what hashtag that, analysis. That's, 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 what's, <laughs> that's what's really scary to me is the lack of playoff experience for one team compared to the other. Like even though people say like playoff, you know, it's it's very different. Postseason is very different. Obviously, it's under understatement. But the fact that the Brooklyn Nets have, I think, nearly no players. Did Dudley? No, make, no, like serious. They, that's they, getting yeah. a lot of minutes. Yeah, yeah like Demari Carroll with Atlanta yeah, got some. Yeah. Like Dudley has played in the and, playoffs. And having yeah, like, like a serious like and like, like you're, you're going off right now. This is your this is your championship. Right from the get go, they're core young players. This is their first time yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah. And this might be a happy-to-be-here situation. Thanks for playing a couple and, of games. We'll see and that's what year. scares me. I think they should take that mentality. Obviously, everyone does. But yeah. for them, it's more than ever. This is your NBA Finals. Like, every series, every game you play is your NBA Finals. And you need to make it. Because if you lose a game... The success they've had... I, I know it was a split. But the success they've had against the Sixers has to be a confidence boost for them. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. blew them out in Brooklyn Oh, once. yeah. The fans were chanting yeah. in the last game. Exactly. That they, won also, they won it's, Philly. It's like, also a boost for Philly, like for Philly, like just like to say, oh, they think they can get yeah, us. You know, like, exactly. They, we but didn't play full strength. Without a doubt, this is the best matchup in terms of storylines and intrigue in the East. Yeah, I think that looking at the, the curveballs that Coach Atkinson was able to throw in the regular season, mm-hmm. but like moving that to a playoff series where you only have to prepare for one opponent, it's going to be different for them. Bunch of new guys. I think the Sixers, again, rattle this out in five. And then I, I think that they, they have the urgency that Toronto is looming there because Toronto, in my opinion, is the worst matchup for the Sixers in a second round. I actually would have rather played Milwaukee coming out of the first round. I agree. Um, just because of matchups, really. Uh, 
You got to play them eventually. You though. you you, you got to play who's in front of you is yeah. the thing. But uh, I I do agree this will be a fun Give me more fun games. series to watch. Give me more games. We're gonna move on to our last Eastern Conference set here. The four five matchup: Boston Celtics, Indiana Pacers. Um, and I think. You know, looking at the season series, Boston won at 3-1. The only victory by the Pacers was when Oladipo was still in the lineup. Um, And, you know, going into this matchup, everyone kind of thought this is going to be, you know, a scrappy uh, kind of series from the Pacers, but ultimately Boston overwhelms. But I think that big news came out yesterday that Marcus Smart is going to be missing the first two rounds of the playoffs with a a torn oblique. So that's going to be big. I think the Pacers do legitimately have – I'm pretty sure they have one of the top five defenses in the league. Um, and it's going to be a good series, I think. But, Andrew, what, what are your thoughts? So I think the sentiment is actually more towards, like, yeah, the Pacers might be able to win this series. I think a lot of people feel that way. I don't feel that way at no. all. I think that the Pacers are a lot of smoke and mirrors since Oladipo's gone down. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but they've, they, they've kept their record afloat, but they've actually only beat, like, three – I think teams with winning records. Given they've I'll, been on a slump for like the entire month of March, I'll give I'll give them that. Like they haven't, they had a very tough were, schedule to close doing, out the year. They yeah. were doing really well, and they've been on a slump ever but, since. But since Oladipo went down, they yeah. beat like three teams with winning records. One of those teams was the Clippers, the night, the night after or the night of that they traded Tobias Harris. So like a skeleton of a team. Um, <laughs> I also think Nate McMillan is a good coach. I don't think he's a good playoff coach. Last year against the Cavs, they should have won that series. They really should. And the Cavs were throwing elementary stuff at them, and they just couldn't figure out like how to navigate a double team. Um, so just reminding myself of that, I think this game is like a five-game series. Wow. Seth? I'm kind of with him, I'm going to be honest. Indiana, you know, kudos to them when they – you lose, Everyone wrote them you lose, off. You lose Victor Oladipo. A lot of people write you off. They have a lot of talent. They are deep. However, like you said, Nate McMillan is not the best playoff coach. Boston seems – obviously the market smart injury is a huge blow to them, but they do seem to be hitting their stride a little bit. And uh, I just see you know Boston winning this in five games. I mean, two things. First, market smart – not being here sucks because he's one of the leaders of that team defensively I, and just in terms of intensity. Huge Marcus. However, uh, guys, if we if we remember correctly, uh, Carey was not playing uh, last year, and they still made it to the finals, the Eastern Finals. Yeah. And they should have made it to the finals. And they should have made it to the finals, right? Yeah. No, yeah, they're they're so, scary. So they're scary. So playoff Carey hasn't played for Boston yet, and let me tell, like they're pumped about that. This in is Boston. this is gonna sound like an idiotic point, but just stay with me here. So if you interrupted me, it better be a good point. Sometimes with the Celtics, like, uh, like addition by subtraction may yes. apply. Like, just give Brad Stevens one last option and find a rotation that works. That might be beneficial to them in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. And I would agree, except I'm a little scared of what he's going to do with that slot um, because we've seen the young guns that they've Brad had. They haven't, they haven't really – expended in their sophomore year, no. you know? Uh, and that's what I'm a little scared of, is is Jason Tatum going to come back as the playoff Jason Tatum? Which we, Tatum are you getting? Exactly. Did we see Did we see the Tatum that we're going to see for the, in the future, like last, the last postseason when he really, like, killed it out there every game? Or are we going to see the Jason Tatum of this regular season who's kind of been slumpy here but not there? Um, and Jalen Brown also kind of here and there at the same time. And who is he going to put is going to be very, very indicative of where they're going. I really like the fact that Gordon Hayward is heating up now. Yeah. Uh, I think that he's 
I think our fellow uh, Medellin Josh said that uh, he could be the X factor for this Boston team. I do think that if they power through the two rounds of the playoffs without Marcus Martin and then he comes back, I think that they have a really good shot of uh, making something big happen. Um, I think this series will go to six, however, because I do see the Pacers being a really scrappy team. They're very underrated. Um, I yeah. do agree with Andrew. They, they have a lot of uh, of problems, and, and they can't really – they don't have the basketball IQ as a team to overcome a lot of obstacles coming from their coach. But when you have Sabonis as potentially one of the six men uh, of the year – when you have Collison, who's been doing a decent job as guard, um, when you have all these pieces, Bogdanovich can be a really lethal player when he's in the zone. I think that there's something to be said about those Pacers, and I think they will give them some work, but I do think ultimately, like, Carrie's going to wake up, Gordon Howard is going to get in his rhythm, and I think everyone is going to click around Brad Stevens' uh, philosophy here. I could also see Boston struggling a little bit with Miles Turner. Yes. Very and much so. I know we mentioned it a little bit earlier. The atmosphere in Brooklyn, the atmosphere in Indiana, like Indiana's a basketball state. They live for basketball. They love basketball. Pacers games in the playoffs are nuts. So I could actually, I might change this to, I still don't see them winning this series, but I think they could steal a game or two at home. Miles Turner, yeah, he's been incredible defensively. Greg, what do you think? Uh, I think that this series goes seven, but I do have the Celtics pulling it out. Um, And I think that... (laughs) I think the biggest thing is that without Marcus Smart, um, who do they go to defend uh, Bojan uh, out on the perimeter? Uh, and I think they'll probably throw Jalen Brown out there, and we'll see how how Jalen Brown looks now back into a starter's role. Um, and, and I'm sure they will be fine. But I, I think the matchups are there for the Pacers to go with. I, I do think that Jason Tatum, which one you get, is going to be a huge yeah. like call to what we're, what we're going to have. Because, I mean, Kyrie, yes, has had a career year. Um, I th- I think that the Pacers can throw a couple of different guys at him. You know, Corey Joseph has actually been a really good defender this year, and I think probably should be on an all defensive team. Um, I think you can throw Thad Young, who's probably the, one of the most versatile defensive players in the league, um, are, around there some of the time. And you know, Miles Turner, defensive player of the year candidate. Um, I think the interior for the Pacers is really where they'll have to get it done against Al yeah. Horford and Aaron Baines because they're There's strong but shifty down there, uh, down there and, and very smart passers down low. And Horford um, can stretch you out. Too. And, and the thing is that the Pacers, even though they don't shoot that many threes, they, they do hit them at a high clip when they do shoot them, and they're masters of the mid-range, um, which is something that the Celtics will probably give up because that's just part of the way that the, the game goes, even though I know that both teams are very good defensively. Um, but yeah, I, I do think ultimately that the Celtics on paper still have the best talent. They have the best player in a seven game series and more times than not, I'm going to lean that way. So I do think this, they can stretch it out to seven. And I think that ultimately hurts Boston more because then you're going into a second round against the Bucks where you don't have smart and you're tired because I think more likely that the yeah. Bucks just See, roll any, through the Pistons. If anything, I like that. I like the fact that they have more games because, the, like, Boston needs those games to kind of figure themselves out. And, like, I know that physically it's not the best thing, but mentally, if you come out of a game set, let's say they go to seven. I, I don't agree with you. I think they're going to go to six. But let's say they go to seven. If they come out of that victorious after, like, a, a grinding out series, I think mentally the momentum that they carry with them and the confidence they have in their team and their ability to go, to pull anything uh, out of a hat is going to be through the roof. And then you're going to see this team really clicking. Of course, the Bucks. You know, if they face them in the set in the following round, is going to be much tougher. But I think mentally they'll be more there. 
if that makes sense. I, I don't think if, if the Bucks sweep and then the Celtics go seven, I don't think that bodes well for the Celtics. Um, Com- coming into the season, there's a lot of pundits, you know, just rode off most of the East and said Boston was going to run away with it. They did. A and, you know, they definitely underperformed for a lot of this season. And they have the talent to go on a run, and they have the talent to win the East, without a doubt. Yeah. But the thing is, is can they put it together? And Who's going to show up? Exa- who's going to show up? And not only that, this is their year to do it, because this roster is going to look very different next year. So, Very interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see what, they ha- what happens. I think they'll get by Indiana. Playoff carry, though. I'm pumped. And we'll man. see what happens. I'm pumped. Yeah, it, it should be a fun first round. I think that there's no series that I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to watch any of this. Honestly. I'll watch all of it. I, think, I'll watch all, I also hope yeah. for – so I picked the Celtics one, one in five games, but I hope for NBA fans' sake like that we get at least one series that goes to seven in the first round. I hope but the first round? We've also been talking about the whole year, right? Second round in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals is what we all – Exactly. Nuts. That's yeah. going to be nuts. I mean, for the NBA's sake, I hope every game, every series goes seven games, but any of the Sixers won. That's what I hope all the time. Um, I'll take the Sixers from four every series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But everyone fair. else, Warriors, Clippers, seven games. I wonder games. why. Ride. Oh, let's ride. All right, guys, we have a little bit of time, actually, so I do want to go around and just get a couple of your end-of-the-year awards, MVP, Coach of the Year, a couple of fun ones. So uh, go around the table first, MVP. I think that's the Giannis. I have Giannis as well, slightly. I'm still torn. Uh, go ahead. I'll try to get back to you. Uh, I, I think I am going to lean Giannis, um, and it's it's really at this point just because the two-way dominance that he had. Yeah, he's the same thing with he's, me. He's probably in the defensive player of the year conversation Absolutely. at the same time that he is the in the MVP just conversation. Right um, best record in the league. Uh, the he best took player the, on the best team. And he took the, the same team from players. last year yeah. and brought it up to that point. Um so and a lot of that is why I think Budenholzer is a lock for coach of the year. I have Malone, but that's another. Story. I have Malone as well. Well, we can. Well, well before we go to coach okay. year, then oh, yeah, I, I forgot, like, I forgot he didn't answer. People don't care about me. Um, I think I'm gonna go. You Harden. Harden? Okay. But also, I want to say Russell Westbrook because just to piss you off. But also because he's been disrespected. And he's averaging three triple doubles in three straight seasons. And if you guys don't think that's incredible and MVP worthy, you guys can go something. Anyways. Well, okay. See. Um, but my MVP Spoiler. is Harden because, first of all, he's one of the very few players who's averaged over 35 points uh, a game this season, and I don't think I've ever seen this in my entire life. I don't know if I'll ever see it again. I hope I do, but that was just nuts. I do agree. I get all the points for Giannis. Like, there, there's no doubt it's in my mind. It's very close. It, it's it's, not, one of the it's not like it's a landslide either yeah. way. If, very I, close. if anyone ever tries to make you feel stupid for saying either of them is your MVP, then, then they're yeah, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will say that Without Harden, the Rockets might not make the playoffs. Yeah. And with, without Giannis, I think Milwaukee can slide in. Given it's the East, West, whatever, like you could give me a lot of arguments for that. I do because of the fact that Harden single-handedly put, put them in that. Um, what seat are they for? Uh, yes, they are for. He single he single-handedly put them there, and I I like I don't I, care what anyone says. I will says. say though, like in terms of the second best player, Chris Paul is far better than. Like any player on the ball. But Chris Middleton has been way more consistent than Chris Paul. I agree with you. When Chris Paul is on the floor, everything is smoother and better. But, however, he did not – like what Milwaukee is achieving is a team effort led by an incredible monster of a human being that's Giannis. But Harden, like to me, deserves it just because 
of what he put in display throughout the season and what he's been able to do. And he's improved his game in almost every aspect. Like, he's one of the best low-post defenders in the league right now. And that's, like, and people always, like, kind of... Well, he's... Okay, let's... No, it's the, just a t- like I don't have the number, but it's yeah, actually like, well, he's thing. he's he is a very good low post defender, but overall defender, he's no, like, yeah, a, he's no, a, he's nowhere yeah. near what Giannis is. I agree. No, I'm not even comparing. Just like as a player, yeah. he's no, never yeah. been. He's a, just really a good. At, he's just really good at, at like timing. getting steals yes. when he's yeah. in the low post. He is, he's, he's good at timing. But I, I just I think I have to go with Harden for what he did for Houston. I will give all the credit to the world to Giannis because he yeah. deserves it just as much. I just think because Harden is a kind of a single-handedly effort, he's the bet. Like without him, Houston is nowhere near to be found. Yeah, I just be careful of saying like without Giannis, I still see the Bucks doing well because Giannis is like the I said system they slide of their in team. the playoffs. I, said, I, I, I didn't say. I didn't that's say. That's also end virtue of the conference is like I don't think Milwaukee makes a playoffs all yet without Giannis. Because their entire team and scheme is built around him well, and, I mean, bu- and building around Chris Middleton, who yeah. is honestly tough. on some title teams probably the third best yeah. player. No, I, I it's, agree. It's completely different. No, and, and once again, like, this is like, you know, yeah, yeah. no one is wrong here. I just, no, well, this you is are. like, well, yeah, yes. technically <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Um, <laughs> Coach of the year, so I'll go first. Malone, I think uh, he did an incredible job with Denver. I Once again, I don't think there is a wrong choice here because you could give it to Budenholzer just as well, best team in the East and whatnot. I just think that Denver was not supposed to be where they are now. And I think for what they've achieved this season with a group of guys they have, I mean, they, they have one superstar. They don't have, you know, a loaded team. They just have really good players that play well with each other, that bought into a culture that Malone, um, you know, put in place. And for what he's done as a leader, but also as a coach, led this Denver Nuggets to be uh, the first overall seed for a while, too, in the NBA. Uh, now they're second in the West behind the Warriors, and that's not a that's not a bad ranking, in my opinion. You had Budenholzer? Uh, yeah, you got to go Budenholzer here, I think. I, I do agree Malone did a phenomenal job. I think a lot of people saw this Denver team taking a leap this year, maybe not the, as big of one as they took. But they were expected to be a playoff a playoff yeah. team by by most you know standards. Dre and I had them at four Denver podcasts, Louis. Yep. I, I don't think I don't think many people expected Milwaukee to be you know the best team in the league. No, people Especially did not expect Milwaukee to be the best in the East in the first exactly. place. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I Budenholzer did a ter- ter- excuse me did a terrific job. He did a terrific job job in Atlanta. We'll see how he can do in the playoffs. That's I think that's the. He has no LeBron to worry about. Which you is see, nice I wish him. some of these awards. I don't know about you guys. I wish some of these awards would carry after the playoffs. It should all be but after. It, it should be still like you should still take into, into account like two different, you know. And but if there's a tiebreaker like Giannis and Harden, whoever perform like with that tight of a race, take that take the playoffs into account. Who's done better? Clearly, you know. And then hopefully you get a clearer picture. But I would love to to see what happens because if Malone leads the Denver Nuggets to be in the finals. I think we're talking a whole different level. And same thing with Budenholzer. Andrew, who do you got? So I have Malone, and I might be using uh, a factor that other people don't use, but Malone has built the Nuggets up by, you know, since he's been there. He's been there 2015. They've increased the amount of games they've won every single year. And when he got there, Jokic was uh, pretty much a no-name rookie. He was a rookie, yep. Uh, Average like 10 points, I want to say, his rookie year. So he's built, I mean, they have uh, a great fan base now, and when he got there, they were, like, averaging, like, 75% of their tickets being sold. Like, it was dreadful what he inherited. The only issue I have is the other guys in this conversation all inherited, like, a top-five player, right? So they, they Nick Nurse came in 
to a team that has made the playoffs and been one of the top two seeds for the last few years, and he got Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Mike Budenholzer inherited the MVP. Now, they deserve a ton of credit for making it work. Like, Mike Budenholzer has figured out how, to, how, how the Bucks can be the best version of themselves, but I think Malone gets credit for, you know, building it up from scratch with the I'll, Nuggets. I'll give you one more name before we go to Greg's pick. Uh, you said they all inherited the top five player. I think the Brooklyn Nets, Kenny Atkinson, <laughs> deserves to yeah. be in this conversation. Doc um, Rivers as well. What? Doc Rivers as well. Doc, Doc Rivers, Rivers well. is my pick. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is a pretty good race, actually. Yeah. I I, I have Doc Rivers. Um, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who didn't inherit a star, lost his his Jeez. basically his franchise stars a couple of years back. Uh, in over the course of two seasons, you lose Blake Griffin, Chris Paul. Uh, and DeAndre Jordan. Hey. Who obviously, he's not a star, but he was a focal point of that offense uh, when, when they were making the playoffs uh, year after year. Now, mind you, Rivers was president of basketball operations at the same time, so he's why. making those I'm decisions. I'm glad you said that because that is um, my slight... Yeah, I, I can totally understand that. But what I will say is that this Clippers team was not projected to make the playoffs by most uh, going into yeah. this year. Probably if you had them going in, it was at eight, barely, which is... Kind of what they did, but I would like to say that they were four they, like oh, two weeks ago. Yeah, they they were they were up there yeah, as high as like east. Two, yeah. two at one point in the year, which was way early. But whatever, you know, they traded away their best player, Tobias Harris. They had Danilo hey, Gallinari. Boban. Do not dis, do not disrespect and Bovon and Mike Scott headband Mike Scott. Um, but Six. they had a. <laughs> They, they have Danilo Gallinari, who was probably one of the more consistent players in the league when healthy. And unfortunately, when you say when healthy with uh, Danilo, doesn't happen often. it doesn't happen a lot. So you're being carried by Lou Williams, who is going to be the sixth man of the year. Montrez Harrell, who's actually also up in, in the running as a sixth man of the year. Landry Shamit and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who were young guys. And, and then you got a couple of other pieces to fill in. Um, and I think that the work wow. that he did with that team, uh, yeah, that was a great grab. The, the work that he did with that team to to get up to 48 wins, which in the Eastern Conference is going to put you in the top fifth, six. Yeah, top four or five, I feel. Um, you know, that that I think there's a lot to be said about that. And I think that to knock uh, – I'm not going to knock too hard what Mike Malone did, but I, I do believe that after the All-Star break, the Nuggets started to take – like. Push push it on the brakes. They didn't. They didn't really keep going on what they were setting the first half of the season. I'm fine with it. And then, <laughs> Rest, baby. And then Bootnoser. Yes, I think that um, uh, where the Bucks started last year, they were the eighth seed. But that was because they had probably the worst coach that you could have across the league. Just by giving them a competent coach, right, and having them jump up you, you to the don't one get seed, points because of how bad the last administration was. Yeah, I, I don't think that it should be like that. So really, I think you should be looking more for coach of the year at guys like Nate McMillan, Terry Stotts, these guys that have yeah, that can show you yes, that can show you progression, like you said um, from Malone. But uh, I, I think that Doc was was the guy that that really just kind of took a group of good players and push them pretty far and I, th- I think that they honestly should be and, and to touch on what, to touch on what Andrew like mentioned and what you said about the fact that he was president of basketball operations and that he kind of put themselves but put the organization in this mess in the first place but the fact that he had the clarity of saying you know what this is not working out let me do my thing and when he said let me do my thing he actually did and he followed through with what he said he was going to do 
that team, this team loves him. Like they, the Clippers love their coach and they love their team. And I just love seeing like what they got going because they're on pace to be like the main team in LA for a while now. <laughs> so there's also two max cash slots, right? Yep. Yeah. There's also something that I don't care about, but some people do. They didn't win that 50 win threshold that some people. That's you know, a good point. Yeah. Overrated. Sam Mitch, but so it's Sam a fair Mitch point. Won 07, I believe, and then last one before that was actually Doc Rivers, his rookie year, uh, his rookie year coaching year as the Magic. Um, but I agree with you. I think he's my second guy. Mm-hmm. I just knock him down for you got in that place a little bit because of mm-hmm. your own doing, so you mm-hmm. don't necessarily get credit for pulling yourself out of there. Yeah, six so man of the year. We can all agree on who it is. Or six man like Lou Will. Lou Will. Yep. Yep. That's my guy. <laughs> uh, defensive player of the year. Uh, I, That's I'm a going. One too. I'm going Rudy Gobert. Um, I, I am as well. Yeah. I'm torn between PG and Giannis. Um, I'm going Gobert to make this interesting or easier. That's fair. <laughs> no, I know. Like, I no, actually. Fine. So I actually think too. Um, some of these players get more credit than they deserve, even though they're great defensive players, because <gasps> they're so good offensively. So we say like, oh, they, they're great defensive players as well. Like, okay, they're good defensive players. Sometimes this happens because we're so surprised that they're still trying on the defensive Who end when a lot of players to? don't. I just like I, Paul George. I think is a really good defender. Sometimes, like I, I don't he's think he's little... even at, at like Kawhi's level, um, to be honest. Fair. I would argue that Paul George but was foul. a better defensive player this season. This than season, this season maybe, yes. but I'm just saying, like head to head, if they played in the playoff series, I think I'd take Kawhi Leonard. In, uh, that would be an unbelievable matchup. Mm-hmm. I would those love that. That would yeah. be awesome. Um, but, but and this is what, not we, need gonna a, happen, this is what we need a one through sixteen yeah. uh, NBA final. I will. I think I'm going to give it to Giannis just because of. What if you want MVP and defensive player? There? I don't know if that's been done before. I, th- I want to say yes once that's by Bill it. Russell, probably. Um, although I don't know, the, I don't even know if that titles by back then. Um, but it, it probably was done uh, back in the day. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Giannis just because um, of how he can go th- one through five and guard any pretty much anyone. I love Gobert. And, like I mean, if anyone loves Gobert, it's gonna be me. Uh, but. I do think that Giannis has a little more to show for. I think that Gobert is the anchor of that Utah Jazz team, but I also think that Giannis, I, he's so crucial to Milwaukee offensively and defensively, and he, his ability to guard and put pressure and his length uh, to be able to guard anyone on the court is just uh, phenomenal to watch. I think Gobert is just one of the only players in the league where teams have to game plan for yes. his defensive ability. That's that's a very good point that I actually will take. Uh, Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, do we have Executive of the Year now? Or is, no, we have someone else before that, right? Rookie. Uh, rookie Rook? of the Year is going to be Luka. We're going to just go around, right? So I have Luka. <laughs> I was going to hurt you if you did. I do have Luka, but it's similar to last year in the Trey Young yeah, he, late run. He, he made a late run. Like oh. Donovan Mitchell did. This is the last thing I'll say about this, and we can move on, but I think Trey Young is benefiting so much from the fact that no one thought he was going to be that good. And so him being very good is the reason why he's gotten so much traction that in the rookie of the year debate. But if you look at the numbers, he has no chance games, of winning the award. Luca's way much better of a player this that, year. That said, the success that he has had over the last I don't know thirty ish games, yeah, makes the trade look a lot better. Yeah, he. he it was one of the. Most, it wasn't as it, lopsided as people no. may think. He you got to see what they get with the agreed. other pick. I think everyone agreed though. But Trey, Trey was very impressive. He had like stretch. a normal rookie. Trajectory where yeah. he struggled really hard out of yeah. the gate, yeah. and then by he's just very tiny, January, he's tiny, he's tiny, nineteen, twenty years old. First of all, I want to say Andrew that I did see it coming. I did see him being good. 
and no one credited me for that, be- mainly because I didn't say that to anyone. I want Zion also, to end up in Atlanta somehow. I think that. Oh my god, Atlanta. So much. Two, two things. Atlanta is in very good hands uh, for what the future, and Luca is winning it by like probably unanimous so vote. Yeah. Um, most improved. Mo- See, I can. I, I would love to have Russell. Go. I would love to have Russell, but you've I've never seen someone like Pascal before, so I don't know. Most, most improved. I'm not even like candidate like who are the top the candidates, candidates are Siakam, Russell, Darren Fox, Sabonis. It's pretty solid uh, top three. Darren Fox Miles is Turner. a good case. Yeah. Um I think Siakam probably just because like think of how many People have mentioned Siakam to you just in passing last, last year. Yeah. And and now he's like a staple of the, of the NBA playoffs. He's not a household name, but he's a household name for basketball. He's, a, he's exactly. essential. I mean. He's essential yeah. to the Raptors offense, and, yeah. and it's great to see. Um, and then I think executive, executive of the year would be last. That's tough. Man. Elton Brand. <laughs> What about uh, the, he went? He pushes chips in. We'll see what happens. What about I mean, what the Nats have kind of? That's what like, I was. I was about to say. Sean Marks. Sean Marks and, and the fact that they're even like they have their heads back above water after that Celtic. I mean that's that they're recovering from Did Billy the King worst. Not know what decision protections were. <laughs> that he just sent. Yeah, here's a couple. Send it. Yeah. Yeah. The worst decision in NBA history. Billy King is Ooh. not a great champ. Probably. It's one of the wor- most lopsided. I mean, ever. like we just talked about contact, so I shouldn't yeah. say that that blanket statement. But like, Seriously, I can't think of like. I mean, trading Kobe Bryant, the Horns traded Kobe Bryant. I mm-hmm. guess. Um, Dallas and the Dirk was at the Milwaukee Bucks originally. Yeah. I mean, Michael Jordan went third in the draft, but like, I, mean, I don't Mark, want to talk about that. I'm just talking about transactions. Markel like, Foles could be up there. Did not work yeah, out. Yeah, Chaboy did not. Yeah. Did not work I'm out. Gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go with Sean Mark. Yeah. Mainly because Greg doesn't agree with me, so that's why. No, I love Sean Marks. Okay, never uh, mind. I'm but, going with Bob Myers. But I, <laughs> I, it's tough. So this one's tough for me without seeing the results of the playoffs. Exactly. Because like, wait till if I, the Sixers I, yeah. make a run, like it's he wins it. Well, if if the Raptors made a run, Masai Ujiri yeah. then just needs for pulling the plug on on, on Demar Derozan, DeRozan and Lowry yeah. in the backcourt. Yeah. Which, by yeah, the way, Leonard. that trade worked for both teams. I just want to make it was sure just, everyone knows that. I thought it was that. a fair trade when it happened. But the, but the Spurs are not in a great market, so no one really watches it. Yeah, but yeah. Demar's been killing it. So. No, yeah. Horst in Milwaukee just making the excellent moves of getting Brook Lopez in in the in free agency. And from Nicole Miritich. I mean, I, I think the Bucks the Bucks best move was Budenholzer. Bucks have been killing it. He he succeeds everywhere. At least in the regular season. And, and, and Anthony <laughs> Davis, that original list he had, like of like, is like the Lakers, the yeah. South, or the, not, Knicks, the Knicks and the, the Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, that maybe that in itself should give them like a vote, a couple votes. That's because so like, what? Like, the, could you imagine how scary being, that is? How would he and Giannis play together though? I mean, everyone said that about DeMarcus Cousins and him, and they were dropping 50 points each every game. They like also that. were not that good. So. Yeah, they weren't that good. I don't care. Those two were good. The rest try, were try to drop 55 points right. and 50 points of the 10. Any, uh, any other? Um, no, nah, I think uh, just any closing it? closing thoughts, anything you guys are looking Russell forward Westbrook to. Russell Westbrook is still underappreciated, and I'm really mad about this. Yeah, what's this? your one guarantee? Like, not like hot take, but like stone cold lock. And you can't be like bucks over the Pistons because like, no shit. Warriors. I think... The entire I thing. think the Raptors are going to win the East. Okay. This, this, this is what I'm talking about. Things like that. This is just a first-round matchup. I think OKC runs Portland off the floor and just that wins that series in five or six but games. But I, I like it bold. Though. As a six seed. Portland's a little banged up. OKC 
Who's Denver playing? Coming for redemption. Spurs. They they got knocked out first oh, round. I think, I think OKC's going to win first round. The Spurs round. might be. That is. Nuggets. No, you do not. You said Toronto. I think, De- Spurs I think, was my take. I think that's you take be, that that's back. another one. You take that back. All right, I, t- I take that back. Thank I, you. I understand that. You can. You can uh, okay, now I'm going to say, and then you're going to say you agree with me. Okay, ready? Yes. All right. Okay, good, good take, Andrew on the Raptors winning the East. Yeah, we'll we'll, cut, we'll edit this. So we'll, I have we'll I have the I have the Spurs taking Denver and uh, and and making Mike Malone look really bad. So on our seven, Denver friendly games. pod, so you are actually going to do this. You guys are friendly you right now. Here's my here's my question with that that result. Do you think anyone would be like? Shocked no. that Pop was able to beat no, a team because been in the Pop. playoffs for the and first because, time. Like, look at the team he has. They're the Spurs. It's not like if the Clippers beat well, him and be like, whoa. The, okay, so the thing is, that matchup is actually so it worked out for the Nuggets. If they can squeak by the Spurs, which I, I think they can, but like it'd yeah, be like a seven, they, seven it's game. It's a, to me, it's they play 50, the winner of OKC in Portland. OKC in Portland. Yeah, that's like a. But they've great swept. Route. But they've yeah. swept. Yeah, they've swept OKC the entire regular season. Um I just, I, but I agree though. And no one will be shot because it's Pop and because of the Pop, team they have lined up. I mean, look at the team. They have veteran presence. They have some couple young good players like Penny Mills, Marcus Aldridge, Jamar yeah. Rosen. Like you're not. I would, I would not. not bad... I would not be shocked. No. Also, shout out to my boy Lonnie Walker, Reading, Pennsylvania. What's, what's your luck? What's your hot take? Thunder over. Oh yeah, Portland. you're right. I mean, it's right? not that hot, but I would just. I know. Be I kind of like it lose. because I, I really want to see. I them mean, they haven't up. had a ton of playoff success. So. Gregory. Uh, I think we're going to see uh, Oklahoma City and the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. There it is. Okay, but that, okay. I'm very high on OKC. Oh, wow, that was a take. Like, Greg was just calm, like, was, not saying it for three minutes. Look at his face. He's looking at yeah. me. He's looking at me to try to but get like a reaction. But like you said, but I think. what, Greg? Russell Westbrook will average a triple-double through the playoffs, and he'll be the MVP of the world. First, second, like, yeah. Yeah. I was very, I'll tell you after the pod. <laughs> I, was, I had a column idea, and I was like, oh, man, Lou's going to love this. Um, all right, well, uh, that's it for uh, today's episode of Lame Violation. Uh, I'm going to say thanks again for Seth and Andrew for thanks hopping for on. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having me. That was a great time. Uh, Louis, I'm glad you were, man- you I was were able to hop to on. Everyone enjoy yeah. the uh, playoff basketball. It's the most wonderful time of the year in my yeah, personal Yeah, do not opinion. watch hockey. No, no actually, shout-out, playoff hockey's great, too. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, Anyone see that Columbus game last week? We'll be back on uh, Saturday with a Western Conference uh, playoff preview. I definitely won't be there. To, I'm sorry. <laughs> Louis will not be there. Look forward to uh, catching you guys next time. Let's go on.